Hemp. Hemp, hemp, hemp. Everybody's talking about hemp. What is the scoop on this new crop? Recently made legal to grow in Washington State. Is it weed? Those are the constant jokes that it's weed, marijuana, pot, whatever you want to call it. Which also, in, of course, under different rules, is legal in Washington State. Well, but it's, is it the same thing? Well, people who grow it say, no, 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 no. It's not, not the same thing. But what does that really mean? And then from a farmer's perspective, is this a way to have a, you know, to diversify, to have a new crop, to, to branch out, to do something different? Is this a new cash crop that could help a farmer that's maybe be struggling in one area and, and you know, could in, in a certain market, you know, whether it's up here, you know, is it potatoes? You know, things aren't uh, what they're hoping it might be. Uh, turn some potato ground into hemp farming. What about dairy farmers? What about you know, berry growers. What, what about back on the east side of Washington State? Um, what could it mean for those folks joining us right now? Oh, by the way, welcome back. This is the Farming Show <laughs> on KGMI News Talk 790. Before I get a hold of, ahead of myself, I'm Dylan Honkoop. Glad to have you here on a Saturday morning. Joining me right now from southwest Washington, down in Elma in the Chehalis Valley, Jay Gordon. Welcome to the program. Jay, you've been, you've been experimenting with hemp for a while. Uh, trying to figure out how to grow this stuff and what actually works. So give us the backstory here because everybody's talking about it, but I think a lot of the things that people are saying aren't necessarily 100% on target. Well, good morning or afternoon, I guess. Morning. Um, Yeah, we started growing. We grew it this last summer. Um, I have a number of friends in the Oregon area that have grown it for a couple years under Oregon's program and uh, it just sounded like a chance to, as you said, try something different, see if there was an opportunity here, diversify a little bit, try something different. Um, and so we put in a relatively small patch, uh, but for us it was uh, uh, good enough to get our feet wet, learn how to, to grow this stuff. We've never grown it before, never used some of the techniques for growing it. Um, before and, and really needed to see if we could, uh, you know, grow, grow a decent crop. So what is hemp to, to hemp. get technical and, and precise about it? So hemp, uh, the United States in the farm bill just a little over a year ago, legalized hemp with largely, if not identically, the same standards that Canada has had in place for about 20 years now. Uh, I don't know about the other countries. At one point, I knew there was about 28 countries in the world that legalized, that had legal hemp. Canada's definition is now also the U.S.'s definition. It has to be under 0.3 or three-tenths of a percent THC in order to be uh, considered hemp. So THC is the chemical in marijuana and cannabis that gives people a high. Yes. Essentially. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a about last I knew there's about 132 different identified cannabinoids in various hemp and marijuana strains and plants that they've identified. Of those, one is THC, and the plant itself is called THCA. It converts to delta nine THC when you heat it, um, and that's the substance that has the psychoactive effects. The other 131 cannabinoids, we know very little about most of them, 
CBD is the one that lately has been all a buzz. Yep. Uh, cannabidiol, uh, and it does not have a psychoactive effect. And so uh, you can have any level. And in fact, that was what a lot of the plant breeding and seed companies were advertising was very low THC, will be federally compliant so that your crop stays as a hemp crop and has high CBD. And now there's buzz about CBG and CBC, and it's just probably marketing different products and attributes of different strains of hemp. But if if you're under the 0.3 THC official tests, then that's legally considered hemp. And again, we're talking with Jay Gordon here on the Farming Show. He's a a farmer, former dairy farmer down in uh, southwest Washington, Elma, uh, Washington. Uh, he's been experimenting with hops, uh, hops with hemp, uh, sharing his experience here with us on the farming show. There's a lot of people talking about this. Uh, a lot of people interested in in what could happen with us. So, and I want to get into the CBD stuff and what's the demand and all that. But first, just again, defining what hemp is. It's the same plant as they're growing for marijuana. Is that true? Some people are saying that is it, this is cannabis. It's just a different, you know, variety or something that's not as high in THC. This is this th- this plant. If you walked in my field, it looks, smells, uh, grows exactly the same as a marijuana strain. Um, there's different varieties of hemp. They're tall ones, short ones, red leafed, yellow leafed light green, dark green. Um, but the key distinction is it's got to be under 0.3 THC, and that's what defines it as hemp. Otherwise, it looks like a marijuana plant. It's it's a cannabis plant. It just was bred, especially by a lot of the folks, in, the farmers in Colorado bred very high CBD strains and very low THC strains starting about five or six years ago especially after uh, a lot of uh, benefits were found for kids with epilepsy from CBD. And so the, the CBD breeding that really bred up the CBD and bred down the THC, uh, at least in the United States, I, I, at least in my opinion, goes back to some work that was done by a bunch of farmers in the Colorado area to help a bunch of kids with epilepsy. And there's some pretty amazing um, YouTube videos and stories and and, and uh, you know, families that have benefited from this very high CBD strain, very low THC strains. And those are the hemp plants that a lot of the farmers in Oregon, Washington, California, Colorado, a number of, a lot of states this last summer grew a lot of those strains of hemp. That when most people think of hemp, they think of a fiber plant. You know, there's some fiber production I heard that was being done in the Midwest this year, but a lot of the West Coast uh, production was for CBD. So the demand is for the CBD. That's what people want. What is that market looking like? What are the <laughs> uses? You know, I, I see that it's in creams and oils and different things. How's this all? shaping is this is kind of coming out of nowhere right it's a whole new market it's a whole new market and it's in a lot of turmoil um the end of september fda came out with a ruling and a rule that said you cannot put cbd in food um and that threw a pretty good curve at what uh, at least what appeared to be the marketing plans for a lot of folks 
to put uh, CBD-infused sodas and coffees. And you were hearing all kinds of scuttlebutt this summer that the the market was going to be huge. People were going to be eating this and everything from brownies and cookies to sodas. And uh, FDA really put a wrinkle in that. Uh, And then the State Department of Ag... Uh, followed FDA guidance and said you can't put it in food Um, and so that's why you see it in a lot of the topicals a lot of the lotions a lot of the rubs um, maybe some tinctures Um, and 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 what's it I mean you mentioned some of the benefits what what all is it supposed to do for you I mean some of this it sounds to me pretty drummed up as far as like it could cure just about anything I would imagine that's (laughs) not the case but Uh, what, what is it more reasonably expected to be able to do for people so you know there's the other part of it is there's a lot of anecdotal information out there and there's not a lot of good quality science behind a lot of these claims yet um i think the epilepsy especially with the fda approval of a drug that has cbd in it uh for epilepsy is obviously proven and proven by government standards a lot more research and a lot more studies to get beyond just the claims. Israel and Spain are largely have been the main ones doing research because it's been legal and supported there in both Israel and Spain for uh, at least 10 years, maybe even 20 or 30. With the legalization of hemp and the legalization of, of CBD and these other cannabinoids, I think that's the, actually the fun part is now we can start to have conversations about, hey, my my grandmother has cancer. Is there any benefit for her to be taking CBD while she's going through chemo? There certainly is anecdotal information on that. There's some science out of Israel and Spain that does indicate that. But I think we've got a lot more work to do and a lot. And, and, and frankly, that's the piece that appealed to me was, you know, what are the benefits here of this really? And can we get some good quality information so that people, if there is a very valuable tool here, have good information upon which to use that. This is the Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop talking with Jay Gordon. He's down in southwest Washington, a farmer down there who's been uh, getting into hemp. Jay, how similar is this then? You talk about, you know, somebody say with cancer that this might be able to help them with certain things. How much is this similar then to like medical marijuana? Uh, same so if you look at the israeli and the spanish research they don't draw a distinction between thc and the other cannabinoids when they're looking at what the benefit is because as a licensed hemp grower i can only work on the cbd side Um, obviously the medical cannabis industry still has a challenge with the research and how you do that research because it's not federally legal but the hemp side with the CBD and the other cannabinoids, it's now legal. Uh, so you can have medical schools and medical research teams and universities start to engage in research with this plant, but only on the CBD or on the non-THC benefits. Uh, um, I, and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but there's the closest I can get. Yeah. What's, what's this like from the farming perspective? How hard is it to grow? What are the motives to get into it? What are the cautions out there too? Because I'm seeing some more and more talk out there. People saying, hey, whoa, don't get too excited about this farmer. (laughs) Uh, As far as to grow, I've got a lot of experience. We've grown uh, a lot of different crops over the last 40, 50 years on our farm. Uh, 
this was my first time with plastic culture and drip and drip irrigation. Um, but it was a lot of fun and we had plants that were eight, nine feet tall, Mm. eight, nine feet in diameter. They were as big as a Christmas tree. Um, and so the plant itself, it's not called weed for no good reason. It grew like a weed, um, (laughs) used a a fertilizer, a lot like a corn plant, about the same mix, very easy to grow. Um, there's the good part. Uh, and it was very fun to grow, um, the, the cautions are, um, we don't know the size of the market. And right now, just the last two, three weeks, I'm hearing a lot of scuttlebutt. Prices are crashing. Uh, demand isn't what everybody expected it, even though there was, a, there was a lot of farms that lost the crop this year. Oregon had some hard freezes in September on the east side. The west side of Oregon had uh, a lot of warm rains in late September that caused uh, whole fields to mold mm. uh, with a mold called botrytis. Um, we know about that in the raspberry world. Up yeah, here. I was going to say same, same <laughs> critter. And uh, the, the botrytis went nuts around the first week of October. Harvest for the strains that we have right now is really from late September. We finished the last day of October. Um, most of our harvest was the first two weeks of October. And so you have the danger in Western Washington of rain and mold and, and frost. The markets are in a turmoil. I think trying to find what a price point is in a market is, um, risky. (laughs) It might be the best word. Um, you know, the, the reasons to grow it, I grew it because I, you got to start somewhere. I chose to start small just to see if I could do it, put up a good quality product, um, meet the standards. Uh, the, you know, the risks also include fields going hot. So if you go over 0.3% THC, your field is now considered marijuana and mm. you don't, I don't, I don't have a license to grow marijuana. I have a license to grow hemp, which means if your field goes hot, you have to uh, destroy that field. Who, ver- um, who verifies that? Who forces you to do it? How do they make sure that happens? So the Washington Department of Ag verifies it. Those folks at the Department of Ag have been, I will tell you, fantastic. It's a new program, but I'll tell you, the folks at the Department of Ag have been really good to deal with. They came out. They take samples of the field. They send it to their labs. They get it verified. They send you back a certificate saying, yes, it's hemp. Yes, you have a license to transport it, so you can now... Send it via the U.S. Postal Service as of the 1st of June. Hmm. You can send it in a truck. You can send it anywhere in the United States. Uh, it's hemp. The federal rules that are gonna that took effect three days ago are going to unify the national standards under which you have to meet that definition of hemp. And that includes... Um, I think the latest draft of the rule, I'm not sure. I think they extended the deadline on the rule to the end of January now. So it was the 1st of January, now it's the end of January. And it's going to require that you test within two weeks of harvest. And and, and so as the later you get into the harvest, the higher the cannabinoid levels tend to go in this plant. And so the risk of going hot in, in later in October uh, is a risk that you could end up with a crop that you can't sell, you have to destroy. Mm. So there's plenty of risk from the marketing side. We don't know what the demand side is going to be. Um, 
don't know what, you know, never know year to year if you're going to get a frost or a flood or a rain or if your crop's going to go hot. Har- so there's harvest, plenty. <laughs> harvest, we should mention as well. Oh, yes. I want to know. I've been hearing people are just running corn heads on, on choppers and, and bringing it in that way. Or how does it work? There's a mad scramble to figure out how to harvest this. There were a number of guys that harvested with Klaus choppers in the Willamette Valley, chopped mm-hmm. the whole plant you end up with a very dilute bunch of what's it called biomass. Mm-hmm. And we actually hand harvested ours. We went through and hand picked three and a half, four acres by hand. Um, I don't know how many times we went through that field, probably a dozen. Cause it's not the leaves ultimately that you really want or the stems. It's the flower itself. If you're extract, if your ultimate goal is to extract CBD, which is what virtually all of Oregon and Washington, California, and Colorado were doing, then what you need is you need as much CBD per pound to make it attractive for the buyers so that they can efficiently extract CBD. If you're handing them, you know, semi loads of very low concentrated stems, leaves, r- roots, and bugs, if you're chopping the whole plant. They've got to run a lot more material through their extraction processes, and the value of it goes down significantly. And so we went through and, and did a hand harvest to just try and keep uh, the stems out uh, and as much of the leaf matter and, and get as good a CBD levels as we could and stay under that 0.3 THC, which we did. Um, but it was a lot of lot of. Uh, my hand still hurts. It was, <laughs> it, it was literally hand harvest and we stood there the whole time trying to f- invent machines as we were going. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure somebody will. Yeah. I can about imagine that then, then your labor cost goes up and you know, where's the, where's the balance point on that and what will the yep. market bear and what, what will the price be as things shake out harvest after harvest here, a whole bunch of unknowns. Uh, but I know a lot of farms uh, at least are mentioning this. Some are just chuckling about, Oh yeah, we should get into that. Others are thinking about it really seriously. And, and like you said, quite a few have, and, and that already has, you know, put, dark clouds over the markets you know uh, is there already an oversupply of this and and what can demand keep up with uh we're gonna have to do another chat on this jay because i I think this is going to continue to develop and and there's a lot more to get to we are out of time for now here though on the farming show again we've been talking with jay gordon he's down in elma washington i know there are people doing it up here in whatcom county there are people doing it eastern washington and down in oregon and all over the country now um so we appreciate this kind of little um, um, in a nutshell, primer on uh, how to how to do hemp. So I, I appreciate it, Jay, and we'll stay in touch. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Dylan.